Ho, ho, ho! Greetings from the North Pole and welcome to Money MD! We're giving presents to all the boys and girls for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We've been making a list and checking it twice and delivering common sense solutions to all your complex problems. Naughty or nice. And now, here are my delightful elves. Oh, um, sorry, I mean doctors. Well, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. It is here. We are here. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's been quite a year here. It's been a long year. Hope everybody's having a Merry Christmas despite the pandemic out there. Um, Join the cold weather too, man. It's chilly out there. Yeah, it's amazing how the the coldest day of the year seems to have fallen right here on Christmas. Yeah, my daughter's up from Orlando and uh, she's just, you know, this is the great white north to her. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. CSRA. Yeah, so. I mean, there's going to be snow today, you know, up in the, you know, northeast, I think. And uh, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's it's quite a chilly day here. But uh, what a year we've had. Wow. Yeah, and we've got some good news. I, I just saw the estimates on the, uh, the, uh, the vaccine out there. Two, over 2 million people globally have already received it, and uh, in the U.S. about 600,000, and that's as of last Monday. So it's been out about a week. There's some distribution issues, obviously, that are, that are being worked out. Uh, Moderna was just approved. But, you know, Steve, for me, it's just a positive. It seems like, you know, it's the beginning of the end, and there's some excitement about the vaccine. It's very effective, and I know you have yes. some, some personal uh, feelings about it as well. Yeah, well, that's right. My mom's actually going to get vaccinated next week. Mm, that's John, great. you know, she's in an assisted living uh, facility here in town, and, um, yeah, it's just exciting to know that it's getting out there. I think there are over 20 million doses that are supposed to be shipped here in the U.S. Mm. by the end of the year, and, um, you know, news. to see it locally you know, being distributed is is a big deal. And, you know, I really think this is the beginning of the end of this pandemic. Kudos to our healthcare folks out there. Oh, my goodness. The folks in the hospitals working in the front lines and developing the vaccine, um, we knew they were going to do it, right? Yeah. We just didn't know when, but... Yeah, it's been remarkable that they've, pr- they've produced two vaccines now and more coming out here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in just nine months. Yes. So really quite a remarkable feat. And we're going to be talking some more about vaccines and, you know, this new variant here a little bit later on the show um, during the question of the week. But uh, but we have a great show lined up today, John. We're going to talk about um, one of them is how to regroup your finances in 2021. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just reset. time to it's time to reset. It's time to we've been through the pandemic now. Hopefully, or we're getting through it. That is, and um, so it's time to just focus on 2021 with your finances and try to get things in line. You know, get a budget in place. We're going to talk about some of the steps you can take to to kind of regroup your finances, and then we're going to talk about what the psychology of smart people. <laughs> yeah, what does that have to do with a Carolina grad, well, John? Yeah, uh, you're. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> You've been thinking about that, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, people with high IQs don't make the best decisions when it comes to the stock market. There because, are some exceptions. Because, I've heard some Clemson people can do that. But okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. They, no one predicts it well. So, but it does say that people with high IQs think that they can predict the market, and the the, the studies show that that's not true, Steve. Right? It, I mean, come it, on. It is a very interesting. Uh, 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 little psychological study here. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is the, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some antidotes. I don't want to give away the story, no, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's but fun. this is this is an interesting topic. So we'll have fun with that, no doubt. 
Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro, and I have over 25 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. And we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to them over your your holidays, you know, sipping cocoa and, you know, opening right, the presents man. and Th- so forth. Drinking eggnog. And- That's right. Get the money doctors going on. And then we also have a lot of tools out there. Go check them out. Calculators and and uh, tips and tricks, budgets and so forth. And um, uh, we have a prescription of the week every week out on our Facebook page, MoneyMD. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, check us out um, also on the website, and you can link to us there. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you, and we will answer those there here, right here on the show. So we'd love to hear from you. Well, John, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. and um, Some good news out of Congress. Good news. Congress has, has passed a $900 billion stimulus relief package. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's a big deal. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's not as much as some people wanted, but I tell you, it needs to go to some folks that are hurting. It really does. And so there is some relief out there, assuming that, you know, President Trump passes this and everything gets through with this. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's $600 uh, direct payment checks to everybody making up to $75,000. And then from seventy-five dollars to $99,000, they would get some smaller checks. Um, There's unemployment benefits. We got another $300 per week Mm -hmm. that's going to be extending unemployment benefits added to it um, through mid-March. There's rental assistance. There's like $25 billion to help families with their rents. That's good. um, And extends the eviction moratorium. Um, There's another $13 billion for supplemental nutrition assistance. Um, There's $284 billion for the paycheck protection loan program so they're they're extending the paycheck loan program the ppp loans um there's 10 billion dollars for child care centers mm-hmm. uh, to safely reopen um that'll help and then of course the vaccines are 68 billion dollars to purchase distribute the vaccines another 20 billion dollars to make them uh, t- uh free for for people who need it um there's money in here. There's a lot of things in here, actually. Tra- transportation is important. You know, they, transportation, they're, they're, going to they're the, hurting. Oh, yeah. So they're, they, I think they laid off 32,000 people, and now they're they're bringing them back. So this is going to help getting that industry that's up right. and going again. That's, that's important. That's right. Another $45 billion for that. And then education. Um, they have uh, money to help schools and universities to assist with reopening. Um, money for architecture, a- agriculture, that is. There's money in there for medical bills. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it's interesting, it has nothing related to it, but there's a, the medical bills are now going to acquire, uh, uh, they're going to acquire an estimate, like, an estimate yeah. a true and honest estimate three days before a scheduled procedure, <laughs> which I think is good that you're going to get some information about what it's going to cost oh, before no you have doubt. something done. <clears throat> and then the other thing is a small business thing that tax deductible meals, um, the cost of meals will be tax deductible now for businesses, deductible, right. which has nothing to do with pandemic, but yeah. it is in the bill nonetheless. So we just thought we'd summarize that for you real quick. You know, it's mm-hmm. a big deal that's out there. Um, and so more to look forward to uh, on the uh, COVID relief package. Yes, that's a good deal. Yeah. All right. And that brings us up here to our first topic, and that is how to regroup your finances in 2021. John, this is based on an article from Kiplinger's very uh, recently. But, you know, I mean, people have experienced kind of an economic earthquake, you know, here in 2020. 
Um, you know, there were extensive job losses, thousands of business closers, you know, the astonishing death toll, of course, that we've, we've seen. And even huge number of people that are hospitalized, unable to work because of COVID-19. And the unemployment rate, of course, skyrocketed over 18 million back in, in April, mm-hmm. over 15%. Um, of course, a lot of that has recovered. We're still uh, we're like six point nine percent unemployment, I think, right now. Um, but the economy, you know, it reacted to all of this trouble by you know slowing down and leading to the virus induced recession. Yeah, we do see the economy recovering, and uh, the markets have have come back um, pretty quickly. If you look back at history, it's amazing what they've done. A lot of jobs have returned, um, even though the unemployment still remains high, certainly from where it was. And the government's provided, um, you know, some of this economic assistance that we talked about uh, with the CARES Act and also um, some of these other packages that have come out. And, uh, you know, the election um, derailed efforts to provide more. It just came through now, which is which is good and it's needed in certain areas. Second wave is upon us. So we we do we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We just mentioned the uh, vaccine rollout. So, um, you know, I think most people are, are, are positive about 2021 and it's going to be a different year. It's going to be a transition. It's not going to happen on January the 1st, but uh, certainly trending in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the question is, you know, I mean, having been caught unaware this past year, um, is how can you prepare for 2021, you know, and, and how can you prepare for the next setback, you know, that's certainly going to occur. I mean, there always are setbacks in the economy and, and you know, people do lose their jobs and um, things happen on a personal level that are unexpected that can hurt you. So so here are some steps that you could take to prepare for next year to kind of regroup your finances and get your financial house in order for 2021. The first one involves planning. You know, you have to plan to survive the next setback, and that's going to be essential to get you through, um, you know, a new wave of, 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 of a virus or for, you know, whatever the kind of economic earthquake is that we that we have next. Um, and the first task is to make sure that you have a healthy emergency fund in place. So, you know, preferably about a half year's worth of your expenses in cash um, you know, in a, in a very highly liquid in type of investment or in cash. And realistically, to accomplish your goals, especially when your income is, is, um, is variable, um, you have to save a regular percentage of your income um, and set that aside to, to, to accumulate that kind of, you know, lump of cash that's available. Um, so, you know, you have to do that. You have to get on a path that you, you have your emergency fund in place, but you also replenish it routinely because you do have to dip into it from time to time. Um, so, you know, that's going to be really important to survive the next setback. And then also you need to reduce your debt load. Um, you know, try not to take on any significant new debts in the coming year. Um, but planning for all of this, really getting on a path to, <clears throat> to having an adequate emergency fund and, and having yourself well prepared um, for the next downturn is going to be the key to, to, to being in the right spot economically and financially in 2021. So here are some steps you can take to, to get that in place. Yeah, and I will say that, you know, 2020 was very unusual with the pandemic, but, you know, there's always going to be financial, you know, um, issues. Downturns. Downturns. Yeah. I mean, that's part of, so you got to plan. And, and one of the first things to do, Steve, is is uh, we talk about this a lot, but look at your budget. Um, you got to take a look at what you're spending on a regular basis. 
Uh, look at those automatic payments as well. It's easy to um, not really you know see those because they're coming out every single month. Um, and think about all those channels that you had. Tammy and I just looked at this, and I think we changed our, our channels on Dish from like 240 to 120. I mean, it's like, yeah. you remember growing up, it's we crazy. had like three channels. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right. So you take a look at that. It's it's hard to, to watch out. There's so much content. Um, you know, people should also, you know, create a crisis budget plan um, for if and when the worst occurs. So making sure you have a bare bones budget will help you um, to, to um, stave off, um, you know, a catastrophe until things get better. And one way to do that is, like you said, an emergency fund to kind of give you a buffer. Yeah, I think having kind of that crisis budget, you know, that you can fall back on if, if you lose your job or something, I think is a good idea to know what you can get rid of. Um, and I think this is also a very healthy exercise just to help you reevaluate what's truly a need versus a want. You know, I mean, it's easy to start feeling like that gym membership or the dining out routine that you're doing is really a necessity. The truth is, you know, many things can be cut if the pressure's on. And it's a healthy exercise to kind of practice reprioritizing your needs so that you don't get lured into believing that, you know, that full cable packages <laughs> or the organically grown vegetables are truly a necessity. Oh, come you on. Know? Organic, Steve. It's well, healthy now. I know. You know. Well, you know, your health's not, I mean, it's important. It's a but, balance. Uh, there's a balance. There's a balance there. Exactly. You know, so, so it's a good exercise. Go through that. Look at your budget. Create a, uh, a kind of a very lean budget that you can fall back on if necessary. Then next is review your portfolio. I mean, there are certain stock asset classes, John, that took a beating this year while there are others such as technology and large growth stocks that came back quickly and strong um so it's a good idea to kind of review and fine-tune your investment portfolios now that most asset classes are back at new highs um of course you know we're doing that for our clients behind the scenes you know automatically but you know your 401k i mean it's time to re you know rebalance your 401k you know take a look at that um or other investments that you have that that um, that aren't in a well diversified portfolio, you know, it, it's it's time to take a look at those. Make sure you have some small stocks, small value stocks, international stocks um, to go along with the large U.S. stocks that have you're likely heavily weighted toward. Yeah, and equally important. I mean, I think it's a great lesson with the pandemic. I mean, it was amazing how quickly the markets dropped back in in March and how quickly it recovered. So you got to avoid reacting solely out of fear. So if you panicked and you sold during the downturn, um, you probably regretted it at this point, looking at how the markets have done. And, you know, sometimes having a, an advisor or some other, you know, accountability partner can help tame some of those feelings when the markets turn south and you, uh, you avoid reacting to those emotions. Because I mean, we know, Steve, 25% of the years are negative when you look at history. I mean, right. you don't know how it's going to go be going forward. But you know, if you kind of program that in, when it happens, it's part of the process. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah. And then the next step, though, would be maxing out your retirement savings. So, you know, many individuals discovered that as their jobs and their or their employers disappeared in 2020, you know, with this major uh, shakeup we had with the pandemic, I mean, they were suddenly unexpected retired unexpectedly retired, you know, get kind of forced out of work. So, you know, given that ongoing risk, I mean, you need to make sure that you're well on track to reach your retirement goals. And one way to do that is to make sure you're maxing out your retirement savings. Um, you know, as as we talk about a lot, John, I mean, we recommend that people save at least 15% of their income in retirement plans. And, um, you know, a lot of people find themselves using their retirement plans sooner than they expected, mm -hmm. um, as a lot of people had to do this last year due to the pandemic. 
So you want to make sure that you're always ready for such a possibility and that you're on track with your retirement savings and that you really max it out when you can, when you have a good job and you have a good income and you have room to do that. Um, because those who are already retired, um, they're approaching 72 next year. I mean, they, they have to also be repar- required, be ready to take required minimum distributions yep. from their from their retirement plans. Um, and, you know, if they don't make a required minimum distribution, uh, there's a 50% tax penalty for missing those Ouch. distributions. It's a big Ouch. number. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the RMD for 72 is around 4%. Um, of the account balance, which has to be distributed in that first year. So make sure you have that set up in the new year um, and that, you know, you avoid being forced into a higher tax bracket as a result of that RMD. So do some preparations for that going forward and, you know, just just make sure you don't miss it. Yeah, another thing that you want to make sure that you you take a look at is your tax situation. Um, You know, if April could come, could, uh, could, I mean, it could be holding surprises because one of the things people don't realize is according to the IRS – the unemployment compensation, including the extra $600 per month from the federal government, it is taxable. And if you didn't withhold taxes, you know, it may be a good idea to make a, a payment uh, in the fourth quarter of 2020 to reduce that shock in, in April. So uh, you also have to look and see if you sold any investments um, that would have taxable, you know, capital gains, which also might impact your tax situation. So take a look at that. If you're not working with a CPA or a tax provider, that's something you may want to consider. Yeah, that's right. Um, also, there's a small window to take advantage of this $300 CARES Act cash charitable contribution deduction that you get. Um, it's right off the top. You get to deduct that even if you're taking the standard deduction. So you don't want to miss that if you haven't made any cash charitable contributions this year. Still have, you know, this past week here to do that. Um, and finally, for those who expect a large refund, you know, it's a good idea to um, file as early as possible, get those refund dollars so you can invest it. Um, but make sure you make your, your IRA Roth contributions that you can do all the way up to tax filing time. Um, so, and then lastly, review your insurance. Um, you know, I mean, when in uncertain times like this, you know, insurance becomes very, very important. Um, so it's always good to make sure your coverage is adequate and up to date. Life insurance should be in place. You know, if you have dependent <coughs> spouse or minor, minor children who would be negative impacted, by if something happened to you, um, you should also review your health insurance coverage, make sure that's adequate for you and your dependents going forward. You know, coverage and premiums, they usually change annually. So you need to review this, review your policy before it renews, make sure you have the best coverage for your family. In summary, I mean, 2020 caught everybody by surprise, John. I mean, you know, we had a thriving, healthy economy mm. back in March before this hit, <clears throat> and then the job losses piled up, businesses failed. Um, so as we turn the page on 2020 and the end of this pandemic with the vaccinations, it's time to make sure you're well positioned for the future. So make a financial plan, you know, build up your savings and review your overall financial condition to make sure you can thrive in the coming years as well as recover from this historic year. So that's... Uh, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's quite a lot to take in, but, it is, but you know, twenty twenty is a new year. Yep, and we're here. Or twenty twenty one's a new year. Make it a make it a good year. So that that emergency fund is so important. We talk about that all the time. But that oh is goodness. key. <clears throat> that is key. That's absolutely right. All right. Um. Well, John, the next uh, that leads up here to the question of the week, and the question that came in this week is, you know, will the new variant 
mutation of this COVID virus, you know, that just happened this past week, if you recall, in, in the Europe, UK. Yep. in the UK, they had a mutation there that everybody's concerned about. The question is, is that going to cause the vaccines to be ineffective and cause the stock market to crash? Well, I mean, that's that's a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> you know, uh, and I mean, you know, we're not medical doctors, but but we are money, money doctors. doctors. So, right. you know, we maybe we can't answer this question, but that is kind of a medical question. Um, you know, I can say this. I mean, I did a lot of research on this earlier this week, John, and, um, you know, there was a, uh, a very good article that I found that had a lot of data about this. And the experts say that it is highly unlikely that the vaccines that are out there will not handle this mutation. Mm-hmm. And they say they need about two weeks to, to really give a definitive answer on that. Um, but the experts, you know, at Moderna and Pfizer and other drug companies that are working on all this, the, the virologists that are out there, they say, just to get a little technical in this article, I mean, I thought it was interesting. They say there's 1,270 amino acids mm. that make up the virus. Yeah, I was thinking there was like 1,300, but only 1,270. We're only 1,270, okay. yeah. You were just off, man. <laughs> yeah. It was really it's close. High, That's pretty high. good for a money doctor. Yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> you know? Well, anyway, they say, you know, and the amino acids are the proteins that make up the virus, okay? And they say that only nine of those have mutated. There have been nine mutations. Mm. So nine of those 1,270 amino acids have changed a little bit, okay? But they say that means 99% of the protein in the virus is still the same. Right. So it's 99% the same. And and they're saying that, you know, that the, the previous eight mutations, you know, all evidence says the vaccine does work against them. And they say based on this new RNA technology that was used to engineer this vaccine, that it's highly likely that it contains enough of the image of, of the uh, of the, the virus that, you know, that mutation will not affect it. So they're out there, you That's know. Good. Yeah. yeah. So there are some poor rats out there right now being infected with the new virus. Yeah. And uh, that have been vaccinated. And they're going to see if the vaccine works. And they say they'll know the answer in a couple of weeks. But it's probably not something we need to worry about. It obviously is concerned that it that this latest mutation did make it more apparently it might make it more contagious, mm-hmm. you know, particularly among children. But as far as the vaccines, I think they're still going to be effective, um, according to this research. And they say even if they aren't with this new technology, they could retool the vaccines Pretty within quick. six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. Well, the flu has different strains, right? <clears throat> right. So they have to redo that every year. So they do. They well, do. But that is a little different because those strains have been around for years. You know, those aren't a, a short mutation. Yeah. Like this is a little minor mutation. And I think the amino acids in the flu is only like eight. 50 to 860 versus the 1300. Oh, that's pretty so good, John. It's a yeah, less. yeah, just... yeah. That was in your uh, your 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 PhD in vir- <laughs> the, virology. Yeah, that that's you got. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good, John. I'll, well, stick, anyway. I'll stick to the money side. Yeah, why I, don't I like, you do that? I'm more comfortable yeah. with that. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, a little tidbit there to answer that question, but great question. All right, and that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is uh, yeah, yeah, money and money psychology. And s- money and smart people. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you would think higher intelligence, uh, better decisions, but that's not the way it always works, right? I mean, it, this is a really interesting article, and smart people um, you know, sometimes make not-so-smart decisions all the time. I mean, even Warren Buffett, uh, known as the Oracle of Omaha, has long said that IQ isn't the single defining factor to successful outcomes. And I'm sure it helps 
right? He's a smart dude, but um, there's a lot of other things that come into play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I pull it down to common sense, John. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and IQ doesn't really doesn't really factor into that. But yeah, this research backs us up. You know, there's a professor here um, that that came up with this. Um, and uh, he's a professor of human development at the University of Toronto, and he's studied psychology of reasoning for more than a decade. And his findings suggest that IQ tests are great for measuring many mental capabilities, such as logic, abstract reasoning, and memory capacity. But the tests aren't as reliable when it comes to making smart decisions in real-life situations. And like I yeah. said, I call that common sense. Some people... Just ain't, don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So this was written by Morgan uh, Housel, and and this is uh, he's he's um, spent a lot of his career, um, you know, studying and writing about behavioral finance, and he's he's witnessed instances where high intelligence prevents people from making better decisions. And um, you know, below are, are two of the most common examples that we're going to go through, and the first one is. Intelligence increases the ability to fool yourself with elaborate stories about why something happened. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that, yourself a little story. that's the higher IQ you are, the smarter you are, the the more you tend to fool yourself. Yeah, what you're that's right. So those with high IQ scores aren't always fast learners because they're often try to you know cram the real world into theories that they've been taught, while average folks are, are better at accepting the real world at face value. So instead of trying to rationalize everything, it it is what it is. Markets do go down. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, so people that are maybe aren't so high IQ, they just kind of take it on face value. Don't try to yeah, to yeah. rationalize it based on some kind of logic. Yeah, Markets gotcha. can't are not rational sometimes. No, they're not. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's true. You know, a lot of smart people think they can outsmart the market, yeah. whereas the average person just like, ah, eh, you know, it's unpredictable. But here's the thing. I mean, we tend to judge others based solely on their actions, but when it comes to judging ourselves, we have this internal dialogue that justifies our mistakes and our bad decisions, right? We all tend to justify our bad decisions. That's called pride, you know? I mean, if you're a fund manager who has terrible returns, you know, you may instantly point out what went wrong, you know, buying, you know, during a bubble or selling during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think they actually blame the market a lot of times or they blame somebody else's bad research. Is what yeah, they do. no, that's right. So you can say the Fed distorted the economy or, you know, look at my model, the, the market's wrong. You know, it's it's exactly. something else. And um, two, it's, ne- it's never them. It's never them. That's right. So two things can uh, can come from this. We think of ourselves as less flawed than other people because we rarely hear the internal justifications other people have for their mistakes, but we're keenly aware of our own. So it's someone else's issue or someone else's fault. And when you're blessed with intelligence, you're also cursed with the ability to use it to concoct intricate and often false stories about why things happen, um, which justifies what you're doing. So yeah, you can, you can rationalize, well, no, the market just didn't get this right. Well, sorry, the market is the market. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Now, you see that in these conspiracy theories that people point throw out about the, you know, about the pandemic, for instance, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they'll put out these wild conspiracy theories that, you know, it takes a lot of imagination to even come up with. And, you know, in the reality, a lot of times that's just that's just stuff they made up in their head. Yep. You know? So, yeah, the second one here, John, is that intelligence pushes you toward the idea that complex problems require complex solutions. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, some of the most complex problems require actually the simplest solutions because simple solutions are the ones that, that kind of navigate around rather than trying to steer through parts of a problem that are fundamentally unknowable. 
And yeah, I, I think I think that's true. I think also intelligent people often tend to be overconfident, mm-hmm. you know, in their ability. Right? They don't tend to ask others' opinions. They tend to just, you know, kind of go in their gut because they think they're the smartest person in the room. And you know, they 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 quickly find out that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you this. I mean, to to bring this back to a um kind of a a, a tried and true strategy in the financial world, um, it's it's the dollar cost averaging strategy, right? Very simple. It's where you start with a lump sum and you invest in equal amounts. It's kind of like what you do in your 401k, right? You're yeah. putting money in every single month um, instead, of, instead of all at once. And so, you know, it, you don't have to figure out what the market's going to do. You're putting it in every month and it works. Historically, it's worked very, very well. Yeah, it's a simple <clears throat> solution, you know, as opposed to trying to time the market and do something complex. It's just a simple, disciplined solution, and it works. Yeah. It's been proven. And you don't have to also, you know, another thing that people get hung up on is you don't have to pick individual stocks to win in the markets. I mean, the data shows that picking individual stocks don't work over time, but people think exactly. that they have more knowledge yeah. or they have a feeling about a stock or an industry. And, um, you know, you can get lucky. It's yeah. when you start doing individual stocks. It is like gambling going out to, to Vegas. Right. When you right. do mutual funds, historically, it's been a little bit more, you know, of a conservative way to, to invest. Yeah. We especially see this play out. Like you said, with investments, we see people trying to time the market, trying to do some real sophisticated strategy, you know, they think it can't be as simple as just diversifying and buying the right asset classes that historically have proven to give higher returns. No, no, it can't be that simple. Let's do something really complex. Let's make a lot of trades. Yeah, let's yeah. let's try to time the market, try to pick individual stocks. And truth is, research, the really, really smart people that research this over years and years academically have proven that doesn't work. Yeah, if you listen to the Dave Ramseys of the world, they'll they'll bring you back. <laughs> it's <laughs> to true. reality. It's true, and us true. too. I mean, we're we're big believers in diversification and mutual funds, and you know, I mean, there are people that have hit it big with some of these stocks. I mean, exactly. It, but it's like you know, you go out to to Vegas, and you know, people hit it big out there. But you know, you look at the house, and the house wins. So, uh, mutual funds is what we are proponents of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great diversification into the right asset classes. So. All right, good topic, and that leads up to our final thing here, which is a prescription of the week. Yeah, we hit on this a little bit in the first um, uh, topic that we talked about, but doing an annual budget for 2021, and yes, I did say annual budget, and put down your fixed costs like mortgage, utilities, groceries, uh, and then put your goals in there, paying off debt, um, maybe college funding, and uh, finally, if you have some money left over, you can do some discretionary spending like vacations and helping family members, but Get that fixed cost in there. It tells you how much you have left to then hit your goals and do it on an annual basis. You know, if you're married, do it as a couple. If you're single, get an accountability partner. But annually is the is the best way to do this. Then you can break it out and do it monthly um, is, is a good approach. But annual is the best way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great prescription. All right. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net, and give us a call if you have questions at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us at MoneyMD. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 